A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord, You son of man, I have appointed watchmen for the house of Israel. When you hear me say anything, you shall warn them for me. If I tell the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked shall die for his guilt. But I will hold you responsible for his death. But if you warn the wicked, trying to turn him from his way, and he refuses to turn from his way, he shall die for his guilt. But you shall save yourself. The word of the Lord. sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us, for he is our God, and we are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as at Meribah, as in the day of Massa in the desert, where your fathers tempted me. They tested me, though they had seen my works. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you should not commit adultery, you should not kill, you should not steal, you should not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does, does no evil to the neighbor, hence love is the fulfillment of the law. 
the word of the Lord. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you do on bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. I believe it's safe to say that one of the most challenging aspects of the mandate of love to be the disciple, the student of the Lord Jesus, that being to deny oneself and take up the cross and follow him daily, one of the most challenging aspects of that mandate is forgiveness and reconciliation, hands down. Most people do not like conflict. We do not like tension, and yet, 
paradoxically, and the truth of the matter is, it's in the context of conflict or tension that growth happens. This is shown to us repeatedly in the Gospels. When, for instance, remember the woman caught in the very act of adultery brought before Jesus. Remember how everybody was very happy to see this woman be stoned, which was the strict letter of the law. How does Jesus embrace the tension, the conflict that's being presented? He goes into it headstrong and says, let the one here who is without sin cast the first stone. So what does he do? He makes everybody who's ready to expose and bring this woman to the full measure of the law on the basis of a sin that she's committed. Bring your sin before your own eyes and heart now and then tell me how you're going to throw the stone. Well, what happens? They all dropped their stones and they went away. Jesus didn't excuse the woman, but he gives us the perspective that sin is everybody's problem. And that problem is addressed by God definitively in the one whom he has sent as redeemer and savior of the world. So today, this particular part of the gospel of St. Matthew is a directive, is a missive given specifically to the apostles. Those who would be given the authority of the Lord Jesus to forgive and to bind on earth that which is detrimental to the overall primary mission of the church, which is to do what? Evangelize the whole world, make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the one thing that cannot be allowed to persist with without a person's disposition or a willingness to repent and truly convert to the measure and the formation of the gospel, which is for life, that cannot be allowed to happen in the midst of the mystical body of Christ. And so we hear this directive, which sounds on the surface as harsh. Treat them as a Gentile or a tax collector. If after you try to go to them in a manner that's what, both personal and private, when someone does something against us in a very grievous way, strive first to go to them personally and in a private manner with compassion, with humility, with love. Point out the issue for them. Unveil it for them. Together, see, can there be a reconciliation? If not, bring at least one other person with you. And if that can't prevail upon them, then bring it to the church. It's not to put it out on social media. Bring it to the church in a, in, an, in a forum that is conducive to the, the, the reality of whatever's been done being brought out and enabling the person. But if they, again, in that setting, they persist in being recalcitrant, being uh, a hardened, hardened of heart, they're not willing to respond to this movement of grace, this intervention, then you ought to cut them off. So in modern times, that would be what we call an excommunication, outside of the communion, of the community. But again, this isn't to leave them out and just say, okay, that's it for you, no other chances for you. No, treat them as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. How did Jesus treat Gentiles and tax collectors? He ate with them. <laughs> he pursued them. 
He continued to try and to uh, woo them into this mystery of love, which can be overwhelming when you realize the one who's coming to you with this has no hidden agenda, no strings attached. That is a very uncommon thing on the natural level. We know very often, you always, you know, you see these commercials, such and such, blah, 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 and you say, okay, what's the catch? They're offering you the whole world, and you know there's a catch. What's the catch? But that's not the case with the Lord. The only catch he has associated with his invitation, give me your whole heart. Give me your whole mind. Give me your strength. Come to me. You may seem, you may appear, you may feel in your own, on your own, it's impossible. And yes, this mandate is an impossible an impossible thing for you and I to carry out by ourselves. We need that amazing grace of God to act on the mandate that we hear St. Paul speak to us today in his epistle to the Romans. He says, Oh, nothing to anyone except love, to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Love is faith in action. Faith in action. The prophet Ezekiel is given the same charge. He's assigned as a watchman to be that, if you will, that moral compass of the community. And to anyone I tell you, if you see someone who's doing something that is of a wicked nature, that is against the the mandate of the covenant, you have the responsibility to point out that issue to that person. For failure to do so, then what happens? They die in their sin, and I hold you responsible for their blood. It's on you. But you have a responsibility in charity to highlight, tell the person what's going on. It's like somebody coming out of the bathroom and toilet tissue hanging out of their pants. Are you going to let that person walk out into the public and not tell them, hey, I'm sorry to say this to you, but... uh, and, oh, oh, so thank you so much. This so, it, it's, an, it's an uncomfortable moment. But they're so happy that you had regard for them. Could, could you imagine how many postings there would be on social media of a person walking around with toilet tissue hanging out of their pants? This is, what we, this is the climate of the times. But you do unto others as you would hope would be done unto you. This is the way, the truth, and the life that Jesus is bringing to us. We are not, once we bring up a situation, once we bring it to someone's attention, we are not responsible for that person changing. That's not our responsibility. It's up to them what they do with it after we bring it to their attention. You have Fulfilled your duty as a disciple of Jesus in love. We continue to pray. We continue to pursue those who, for whatever reason, are remaining recalcitrant, unwilling to respond to the grace of God. But we must know our limitations. There are limits to what we can do, but there are no limits to what God can do. There is always that both and dynamic. So today's directive, today's missive of the gospel is specifically instructing the 12. They are given a shared part of the, of the authority that was given to Peter. We heard about two weeks ago. But they are not being given the keys of the kingdom. There's a distinction. Peter still has the primacy. But they are given the authority to interpret 
the laws of the church in the light of the traditions of the faith in such a manner, and then wherever two or more bishops come together in prayer, in agreement, the Lord promises, assures, I will be there in the midst of you to make sure that your discernment is on point, that it will affect that for which my Father wills, that everyone come to know the truth of who God is, who they are in relationship to this God and to themselves and to the rest of the world. So today we pray for the grace to have the courage to do unto others as we have done unto us, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to have the, the ability to recognize what it would be like if no one loved us enough to point out where we are falling short. And it's out of that experience that we must be motivated to do the same for others. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation, the entirety of what Jesus presents us with today. This ministry, this mission of reconciliation is presented to us most explicitly and profoundly in the liturgy of the Eucharist. Whether you receive the Lord sacramentally on the hand, on the tongue, or the blessing of the Lord, for as I mentioned before, the way that leads to heaven is not an easy way. In some of us, we have issues that we have to contend with, but that does not bar us from that persistent love and mercy of God, which is being extended to all corners of this world through the mystical body of Christ, the church. This is the mission. This is the gospel for the 23rd Sunday in ordinary time. God love you.